All right, guys, I have a super, super cool announcement today. I am so, so excited for this. Uh, I am teaming up with Nicolas Cage and Amazon Prime to bring you guys a brand new movie coming out this winter around the holidays. Uh, and I know you guys are going to be excited about this one because it's actually the completion of one of Cage's most well-known series. Uh, it's about to be a trilogy. And even cooler, it's a collaboration with the NFL. Uh, it's honestly so crazy for me to be involved in a project like this. You guys just, you have no idea how cool this has been. Uh, anyway, I've rambled long enough. Without further ado, I am super excited to present the trailer for National Treasure 3, The Hunt for a Half-Decent Primetime Game. He is someone to watch. I'm right here, right now. And that is interesting. Oh my goodness. Oh, that's a that's oh a my goodness. Let's do it. I'm excited to hear this. I'm excited. Now, let's go ahead and get into it. Welcome to the 20th episode of Five Yard Fantasy. We have much to discuss today. Uh, this was another week in a year that just continues to defy expectations. The Jets and Giants have a combined 9-3 and record and both managed to pick up wins this weekend. When was the last time that happened? Uh, the Jets took down the Packers, and the Giants got the better of the Ravens. Mitch Trubisky came off the bench to help the Steelers shock Brady and the Bucks at no longer Heinz Field in Pittsburgh. We all found out why. Despite a few wins without him, the Cowboys will be thrilled when Dak is back next week against Detroit, and the Bills managed to establish themselves as the team to beat in the AFC at another stadium that never should have been renamed. Let's talk about my starts and sits from last week and see how some of my guys did. Let's get started with a controversial one here. We posted a quote graphic about this guy on Instagram at Offsides NFL. Go drop us a follow if you don't already for whatever reason. But the responses to that graphic, guys, we were a little harsh. Ravens fans, you guys were out in full force in there. We were accusing me of taking uh, some various substances that would have maybe influenced me to pick Daniel Jones, but no, no. I promise you I was as sober as a stone when I told you Danny Dimes was the man against the Ravens, and did it work out? Kind of, but not really. Mr. Dimes was good for just 13.5 fantasy points, and that was a middle-of-the-pack performance this week. Not a great week for fantasy quarterbacks overall. In terms of actual play on the field, though, he looked really good. Uh, he was comfortable in the pocket, completing 19 for 27 for a little under 200 yards and tossing two touchdowns. In typical Daniel Jones fashion, however, he did fumble, which cost us two fantasy points. Jones does have two great matchups heading into his bye, however, and should be able to bring the Giants into Week 10 with a 7-1 record. That's crazy. New York Giants looking at 7-1, potentially. Uh, the Jaguars are 100% a team that you should be able to slide Jones in against if your typical starter is on a bye next week. I am looking at you, my Josh Allen owners, uh, myself included in that. Speaking of the Bills and Josh Allen, one of our other starts this week was Gabe Davis, and he worked out really, really well. Gabe Davis went for 16.4 against the Chiefs in another game where he was mainly used to stretch the field, averaging almost 25 yards a catch. Got in the end zone again as well, which helped massively. Davis is super dangerous in this role, and looking down the rest of the schedule, I don't see many games I don't think he could get heavily involved in. The Bills want to win through Josh Allen. They're averaging just 15 total carries a night through their running backs, and they're attempting about 40 passes a night, so there's plenty of volume even when they're not scoring tons of points, like against Miami, where Allen attempted 63 passes, but the Bills scored just 19 points. 
as long as they're this air committed Diggs and davis are both safe weekly starts you really can't go wrong with either of them i think they're both great hate to rub salt in the wound of my cowboys fans but we have got to talk about last night guys uh, i had michael gallup as a sit for this game despite steady production since his return because of darius slay what i did not expect however was for james bradbury to play super well on the other side and do a really solid job of locking cd lamb down as well Cooper Rush kind of finally ran out of that backup magic against the Philly defense. Cost Dallas three drives with interceptions. Uh, Lamb was his security blanket over the last few weeks, and he did see 10 targets, but he could only corral five of them. That Eagles pass rush was really getting after Cooper Rush, really making life difficult on him. Lamb good for less than 70 yards, although he did add nine more as a rusher. The Cowboys have been able to get by a number of teams on the strength of their defense alone with little help from their offense without Dak Prescott, but the Eagles showed us all why you need an elite QB to compete with the elite teams. Hertz was super electric, and their defense just couldn't carry them past the Eagles in this one. However, look out for the Cowboys when Dak is back because they put up a really strong fight in this game late behind a backup quarterback who did not look good for most of it, and we could be looking at some scary good fantasy performances next week in Dallas against the Lions heading into Halloween. Uh, speaking of Halloween and scary things, some of y'all were probably pretty scared last night when you saw Justin Herbert's stat line on Monday Night Football. Herbert was a sit for me this week against that Denver defense, and it worked out. They are still playing fantastic football in Denver. Herbert manages 8.42 points against the Broncos defense becoming the fourth QB that they've held to less than 10 points. Uh, Herbert's still playing through that rib injury he suffered back in week two, and he must have re-aggravated it because it is starting to seriously affect the Chargers game script. They hardly threw downfield at all last night, and that left Mike Williams with very few opportunities to get involved. Uh, the one downfield shot he did catch was just slightly out of bounds late in the fourth quarter, despite a completely ridiculous effort on his end. That man has body control, that is just, it's almost superhuman the way he can bend at six foot four. It's, it's unreal. Herbert hasn't quite been his usual self since this rib injury, however. He's had just one top 10 fantasy outing, and this latest game was his third as QB 18 or worse this year. Uh, QB 24 in this game. Herbert needs to be able to get fully healthy before he can be trusted to produce at his usual levels. Uh, it's obviously too early to say you should bench him. He's super talented. But until we see him look 100% healthy or get his top target Keenan Allen back, you might consider using him on a matchup-to-matchup -matchup basis. All right, guys, it is time to take a break to thank one of our sponsors. The return of the NFL means it's time to get back to betting on football games. If you're a regular sports gambler like me, you know the importance of making a strategy and sticking to it. And that's where today's sponsor, Alloy Sports, comes in. Alloy Sports is the newest tool you can use to build betting strategies for NFL and NCAA football games. Simply download the Alloy app with our link in the description and you can start combining stats that you feel make a successful team. Alloy will show you up to 10 years, that's right, a whole decade worth of games that fit your strategy and how you would have performed against a few different spread types. When I first got the Alloy app, I was honestly stunned by the results that the builder would give me and it's really changed the way I bet. I don't place bets unless they fit into the winning strategies I've built with Alloy. When you guys sign up using our link, you really help support this podcast and a great company. 
Big thanks to Ally for their support. If you or a loved one struggle with sports gambling or any other type of gambling, please call 1-800-BETS-OFF. You must be 21 or older to gamble. Only valid in states where sports gambling is current. All right, big thanks to our sponsor. Let's get right back to it. Now let's get into some of the news of the week you might have missed that you absolutely need to know. Do the Patriots have a QB controversy blooming? In the absence of Mac Jones and Brian Hoyer, Bailey Zappi has been brilliant. And it's more than likely that Jones gets the job back as soon as he's healthy, but he's definitely going to be feeling the pressure once he's back in the driver's seat for the Patriots. They've seen their offense succeed at a very high level with Zappi on the field, and Jones just hasn't really been able to do that yet this year, and he struggled to do it last year as well. So if Jones struggles when he's back, it's going to be hard to ignore the potential of Zappi sitting on the bench. It's not like he was a sixth or a seventh round pick. He was a fourth round pick. Granted, he was the sixth pick that the Patriots made in that draft, but fourth round pick, this is a guy that they do seem to have a little bit of faith in. They let him throw the ball a lot down the field. He, did, he looked great doing it. Going to be hard to ignore Zappi on the bench if Jones doesn't look fantastic coming back. Some other news to get into here. Uh, Robbie Anderson had a very interesting weekend playing just 52% of the snaps against the Rams this weekend. Uh, was not targeted once, was visibly frustrated on the sideline. He was involved in multiple arguments with his wide receiver coach, seemed to ignore an offensive meeting uh, after a drive. It got so bad that interim head coach Steve Wilkes had to step in and send Anderson to the locker room before the game ended, effectively ejecting him from the game. This was a bit predictable, but on Monday, the Panthers announced that Anderson had been traded to the Arizona Cardinals. The Cardinals sent a future sixth and a future seventh, uh, 24, 2024 and 2025 picks, I believe, in exchange for Anderson in a trade that may end up being a pretty good deal on their end, considering the fact that Marquise Brown is expected to miss at the very least six weeks with a foot injury he suffered on Sunday. Given the return of DeAndre Hopkins next week, Robbie Anderson would likely be the third target on the Cardinals as soon as he's able to go for them. Might take him a little bit to get up, up to speed on their playbook. Uh, behind Hopkins and Zach Ertz as that third target. Anderson should see an improvement in his fantasy production now that he's freed from that very much broken Panthers offense, but I wouldn't expect overwhelming numbers. As for Carolina, it's hard to project a ton of improvement for anyone other than Christian McCaffrey in the wake of this trade. CMC will easily see more touches as a receiver and also likely as a runner with another receiving option subtracted from that offense. But in the case of DJ Moore, it's hard to project much of an increase in production. He'll likely see a volume increase, but he hasn't been able to corral a lot of these targets. He's not getting a ton of catchable passes despite seeing six targets a game, uh, or at least six targets in every game, excuse me. He simply just hasn't been getting a lot of catchable balls. So until the QB play improves, I just don't know how that would change uh, unless maybe Sam Darnold can come off the IR, save the day, uh, maybe big Sam Darnold moment, save his career. Last thing you need to know for this week, Cam Akers has officially been ruled out by the Rams until they find a suitable trade partner or potentially release him. Uh, the clock is ticking on them to do that given that the deadline is November 1st at 4 p.m., which is just two weeks away from Tuesday, the day this will come out. Akers was asked not to come to Rams practice facilities uh, on Thursday and Friday of last week, a request he chose to honor. Notably, he could have come anyway, as teams cannot technically force players to not show up unless they are suspended. So this does seem like kind of a mutual decision to part ways between Akers and the Rams. This is pretty unexpected, considering Akers was supposed to be the Rams lead back this year. 
Uh, I know a lot of you guys probably took a chance on him in fantasy in maybe the second, third round. Some of you guys maybe in the first if you were really confident in him. Uh, however, things have not gone Akers' way. Uh, he apparently feels that greener pastures can be found elsewhere. However, Denver, the other LA team, the Chargers, uh, they come up as logical landing spots that would also keep the Rams from helping a potential NFC contender who also need a running back. Uh, Bucks and Cardinals come to mind there. Akers owners should hold on to him until the deadline and see if the Rams can't work out a deal with the team where Akers could see significant volume. I don't think he's a drop right now. Thanks for listening, guys. I hope you have a great week, and I will see you on Thursday for our week seven starts and sits. Take care. I am out of here. He is someone to watch. I'm right here, right now. And that is interesting. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Oh, that's a, that's oh a my goodness. Let's hear it. I'm excited to hear this. I'm excited. Uh, let's go ahead and get into it.